0: Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Mario, also known as the Node Defender joining us. Gonzo, a.k.a. Super G, is in the building. Andrew Cashflow, also known as the Cashflow King, and Jackie the Crypto Juggernaut is here as well, so I am very excited for today's episode. Today and Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Solana is taking a centralized approach to the crypto market, soon to be launching dApps on traditional platforms, as Polygon has announced two major partnerships in the gaming space, bringing more global attention to this blockchain. Tesla is holding 10,000 Bitcoin, while VeChain is working with the United Nations developing sustainable solutions for carbon credits. Ripple is having a larger impact than ever before after being one of only two crypto companies present at Davos this past week. And with 2023 finally upon us, we break down the details, showing our community how this is finally the year of institutional adoption. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is on youtube monday through friday 11 a.m eastern at the 3t warrior academy channel so mario you are taking johnny Crypto's spot my friend which is very very funny sending love and high vibes to johnny out there but how you feel mario thank you for being here
1: hey i'm super blessed to be here good morning first of all and i am not taking johnny Crypto's spot only he can take his spot i am taking my own spot so that's mine for the taking but sending everybody love out there i'm happy to be here happy to be on the show and uh let's have a good one today So we're going to dive into some really interesting content, specifically around the moon
0: cycles. But before we get into that, how are you feeling, Gonzo? And thank you for being here.
2: I'm feeling good. Good morning, everybody. I thought I was Johnny Crypto today, man. Johnny's got all these people like replacing him. Uh, Good morning, though. I don't know. I'm super excited. I haven't been on a show with Mario in a long time. So super happy to be here with Mario. Love you, Mario. And then we got Jackie. So I like—usually, it's me and Andrew on Monday. So I still love you, Andrew, but I hadn't seen Jackie and Mario in a while, so— uh, yeah, it's going to be a great show.
0: Andrew Cashlo. I'm excited for today's episode. We've got a bunch of great news prepared and already 95 live whistlers are joining us. So show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Kaslow, how are you feeling this morning and what's on your mind, my friend?
3: Hey, good morning, everybody. Good evening. Good, uh, good uh, afternoon, wherever you are. 5 p.m. in the Netherlands. And I'm uh, happy to be in the show again, but even more happy. Next week, this guy goes on holidays. I go skiing in the Alps in Austria. So... Uh, you will miss me one week, but I will think about you. And uh, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to a great show. Thank you.
0: Well-deserved vacation, Andrew Cashel. I'm looking forward to the pictures we get from you. But Jackie, I'm excited to have you on the show today. How are you feeling? And what's on your mind? What's on your mind on this Thursday morning?
4: I'm wondering why my computer lags so much all the freaking time, guys. I don't know why. I'm going to try and put my background back up, but I'm excited to be here. I haven't seen y'all all all week. And so, yes, it's going to be a great show. And shout shout out to Johnny Canuck in the chat. Um, Freaking love you.
0: Our second favorite Johnny right behind our man, Johnny Crypto. We're going to start the show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is in neutral fear this morning, sitting at a 54, and I'm not really sure it's worth addressing. Let's look at some of the daily movers. Overall, we've got a green day in the market sitting at $1.04 trillion. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is 19%. Bitcoin is sitting at 23,000, just below 23,000 at 22,900. Ethereum is 1,600. XRP is 40 cents. Cardano's 48 cents. Polygon is up 15% on the 7-day, sitting just below $1.08. And we're going to scroll down to one of our favorites, Quant Network, up 15% on the 7-day, sitting at $149. So Mario, you are taking Johnny Crypto's spot this morning, so we got to go to you first, my friend. Is there any projects that you've been watching and what are you excited about during this time? A lot of people are anticipating a $30,000 Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, that does seem to be the the talk of the the talk of the month for sure. But I, I'm not gonna lie, I did feel a little bit of FOMO, you know, the past couple of weeks with seeing the market rally. And I was like, man, I should have put some more money back in December, you know, late November as we were seeing those lows. But you know, I know that time and time again, the market will correct. And I will not invest while we're in this uh FOMO momentum. So I'm gonna wait for the market to correct. If we get the 30, that's amazing. You know, I did put put some um I did so- I did some accumulation back in November and December, so you know it is what it is. I'm happy with what I got, and I am grateful with what I got. So uh, just waiting for the to see what the weather market uh, where the market takes a short term. If we go 30, that's awesome. I know that Gonzo is going to talk, probably going to talk a little bit about it. There's a big gap there, so it, it it would be pretty easy for us to fill in that gap and get up there. But as far as buying in, I'm waiting. As far as selling, oh, that we're still very far for me. Gonzo, and I
0: finally think it's justified for the bulls to be excited right now as we got a golden cross on the Bitcoin price chart. That's when the 50-day moving average crosses above the 200-day moving average. And every single time that happens, we get massive bullish momentum. So before we get into our article, specifically our Polygon article, I'd love for you to break down some of the details about what you're anticipating and talk about the moon cycles a little bit. I know I'm interested to learn.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, for those of you that are like kind of new to, and just kind of recently found us, you know, we usually talk about this a lot and we get this from waters above who's a friend of the channel, but the moon cycles. And the reason I, I got it is, or the, it came to my, to the forefront of my mind is I was watching crypto lifer and crypto blood and they were doing kind of a podcast together and they were talking about the moon cycles and if they believed it or not. And, and if you look at the charts, it's absolutely a thing, right? And so when we talk about full moons, full moons is usually, um, bearish energy, right? Uh, and then we'll, when we have, and that's usually our micro cycle, micro cycle top. And then when we have new moons, it's bear, uh, it's uh, bullish energy, right? And so like you can see if you look at the chart, right? Like when we had our last full moon, that was close to near the bottom where we were at before we started this rally, right? And then that led us up into Um, the new moon. Right. And so that's where I think a lot of confusion comes because when you have the full moon five days or before, after that's usually the bottom of the, of the cycle, wherever we're at. And then that leads us up into the new moon. Right. And then once we hit the new moon, we move down towards the full moon and that's usually how it works. And there was a podcast that waters did on Sunday. That was really interesting because a lot of content creators are talking about that. We're matching what's happening in 2019 right? When you look at the the chart structure and how we came off the bottom, what people aren't talking about is the eclipses, right? We know what happened with the eclipses in November. We had the FTX thing, but there was an eclipse, a a lunar eclipse on November 7th and 8th that brought us down. So in April, we have a solar eclipse, right? And then that leads us right into a lunar eclipse. And that's exactly what happened in 2019. If you look at 2019 in June, there was a solar eclipse and then there was a lunar eclipse that brought us down. Now, if you take from that 2019 solar eclipse and you go 82 days back, that candle structure is very similar to what we're seeing currently. So if you go from April 20th, which is our solar eclipse and you go 82 days back, it's almost like a match to the candle structure. So what I think is happening, what Waters has talked about is in Wyckoff is an automatic rally, right? Even if we go down a little bit more, once we break 25,000, The automatic rally is confirmed, and we're going to easily move up to 30,000. The VPVR also kind of shows that there's a huge gap. So whether it's the moon cycles, the eclipses, or whatever, I believe that we're going to 30K and maybe even higher. We'll hit that eclipse, and then we'll come back down. And then we make what's called the spring. Now, what we don't know is, are we going to make a spring that's just above the low, at the low, or a new low? That, That remains to be seen. We're going to have to pay attention to.
0: Thank you, Gonzo. And Andrew Cashflow, I think you're going to like this statistic here. We always see CEOs like JP Morgan and Jamie Dimon coming out and criticizing Bitcoin. Well, this could be the reason why. Just this year alone, Chase processed $830 million worth of profit. Wells Fargo, $700 million. And Bank of America, nearly $600 million worth of profit from on-demand liquidity alone. So Andrew Cashflow, when we get guys like Jamie Dimon calling Bitcoin a a decentralized Ponzi scheme I think this is the reason why so before we get into our articles Andrew I'd like to get some thoughts from you
3: yeah this is what uh, what Johnny always says uh, don't believe what they say but do what they do and and this is exactly the the, the, the thing what what we see here um it's it, it's all it's all so fake here. Let 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 me. I I'm I'm sure you know, and I, I every everybody is allowed to make to make money, but but not not so much money. I mean that 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 that's, that's earned over the backs of, of, of other people that, that needed much more. But let me let me give you an example of Coinbase got fined in the Netherlands today, and and because they were operational in the Netherlands without a central bank uh, regulation from from the Dutch central bank. And they got fined with 3.3 million dollars. And however, uh, they got a discount of 5%. And you know why? Because they always intended to have this uh, this regulation uh, allowance. And I think, guys, what are we talking about? And, and you know, Binance is, is or uh, sorry, uh, Coinbase is the is the biggest in 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 the world. And they just say it, it's all. It's all making up for the public that is yeah see how, how, how well we are doing and 3.3 million compared for example to these major banks, these amounts of money what are, what are we talking about? So uh, yeah, it's it's all uh, just a farce. Spot on, Andrew Cashflow. And
0: Jackie, you're going to love this next article we have here. As Elizabeth Warren was praising SEC's Chief of Staff, Gary Gensler, stating that we should give more power over to the SEC in order to properly regulate the crypto market. Well, we're going to play this short video talking about how Gary Gensler has missed the mark on several regulatory agendas. We're going to let this play and go uh, back to Jackie. Here we go. What
5: is the security? Uh, And, you know, Gary Gensler will say, oh, it's so clear we have the Howey test. It's not clear at all, which is why he says, come in and talk to us. And company after company comes in and talks to them, including FTX, and they either don't detect things like they did not on Celsius and who knows how many others, uh, or they do things that um, just endless discovery for years in some cases, and they never get around to definitively saying, nope, this is security, or hey, here's a no action letter. Only three no action letters. So... Uh, it's really driving capital outside of our
0: markets. Jackie, the overall point there is two things. One, Gary Gensler is pushing innovation outside of the United States, but two, even when these companies try to come in and comply, they're usually met with a lawsuit on their way out the door. So I'd love to get some thoughts from you. And then we're going to dive into a Polygon article talking about how the NFT space, it may belong to Polygon.
4: Yeah, he makes a great point. Um, You know, the SEC's job is to protect the consumer and the, biggest scandals that happened within the space you know they weren't able to detect but they're wasting their time on on you know companies that are have you know that are legitimate and have validated uh all their backgrounds and coming into their offices and and those are the ones that they are focusing on so it is very very uh frustrating to see but it is all by uh grand design i believe so so yeah, uh, we kind of have to maneuver in the space uh, the way that we always talk about here on the show and 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 do what they do, not what they say.
0: Thank you, Jackie and Gonzo. I think you're going to like this next article. As Solana is talking about how they're developing decentralized apps, but they're going to launch them through centralized platforms. So I'm going to let this short clip play and go back to you. Here we go.
5: And uh, granted, the App Store, I think, is the, the key component here especially if developers wanna go into a decentralized or more narrow focus of how they deploy the dApps that they're building. That I think is one of the power plays of Solana, it's what we talked about after the Breakpoint Conference. It's one of the things that why I was so bullish on where Solana was going. Granted, you know, FTX almost destroyed this great token and great project, but I think the point is here, guys, is that if we see the movement really take off here, in terms of a true, you know, browser-based, or I should say, not browser-based, but mobile-based, uh, not only Dapp Store access, but the ability to really tie into our wallet and the functionality of going to Web3, this is going to be a hit for sure.
0: Gonzo, I got to kick it to you here because it it brings in conflicting narratives. In order for these decentralized apps to become successful, they're going to have to go on centralized platforms like the Apple Store, the Samsung App Store. I'd like to get some of your thoughts behind that. Is this truly decentralized if you need a centralized entity to disperse this project and get it out to the people?
2: I mean, not really, but that's always like the argument, right? When we talk about like blockchain and is it really blockchain when you're using an AWS node, right? Or you have to use AWS because AWS is centralized. So it's all on how you look at the different levels. Is it really decentralized? I mean, when you look at it uh, and I'm not a Bitcoin maxi, but Bitcoin is really the true decentralized, right? Because of the way that it was made and and the way that uh, it, it was rolled out and because of its de- developer community. Um, but uh, but I do think that with Solana, like I've been talking about this with that mobile stack and their phone, like the first blockchain to come up with a mobile stack that goes on your phone, that's super secure, that that incorporates um, DApps that are easy to use, where you don't even know you're using blockchain or cryptocurrencies, where it brings in the masses. Uh, I feel that that's going to be the, the game. The game oh, can't talk the game changer. But like yeah. there are other like. DApps that are built on solana that i'm i'm really bullish on like render right it's it's been moving RWeave those are also like our weave is um is basically decentralized storage kind of like Filecoin it does it a little bit different in its mechanism but it's kind of in that same category right and is rendering i think they have a contract with apple that's going to be uploaded with the m2 chips where you're going to be able to render things right when it comes to um graphics and so um, but yeah, that, that's why we've been talking about Solana and, you know, pe- it's very polarizing with Solana. People really love it or they really hate it. Um, to me, I'm looking at it as an investment. I understand the technology and the issues they had, but they are in beta and they are fixing them. And so, like, if you think about it, I mean, you can't argue with the fact that if you would have invested at eight dollars, you know, you would have tr- uh, almost tripled your money. Right. And, and we're here to make smart investments. Right. Not to get wrapped up into narratives.
0: Thank you, Gonzo. And what's really interesting to look at this price chart is we massively pumped during the bull market, but we are down over 95% from our all-time high. We went from an all-time high of about $260 all the way down to below $10 during this bear market. And for a lot of people, that scares them away. But for people in the community, those are the opportunities we look for. And Jack, I'd love to get some comments from you. Do you have any comments on Salon? And then we're going to talk about Polygon and how they're over the NFT market.
4: Yeah, I want to just kind of take it from simplistic terms. If you talk about blockchain utility technology, smart contracts, you know, number one leading the space of, of blockchain and, and dApps being built on it um, is Ethereum. Second is Solana. So just taking it from that perspective, if you're talking about, you know, technology just from a base layer um, and and moving into the future, that's what these—that's what these layer ones are supposed to be doing—is you know being that groundwork, um, you know the rails for things to be built on top of. So, I know a lot of people comment on here about the coding, and I'm not that techy. I don't know anything about the coding of Solana, so I might you know have a foot in my mouth from this standpoint. But if you talk about um, building an infrastructure, Solana is number two when it comes to that, um, just because of all the DApps that are being built on top. Ethereum is leading the space in that, but Solana does come in second.
0: Mario, I know you had some additional comments, but we got 215 live warriors joining us on this Thursday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Mario, we talk about the NFT space constantly, but we know that there are many large financial institutions promoting Solana because they own a lot of the token. So to close out our Solana conversation, what caught your attention?
1: Well, Solana is definitely, you know, a prominent player. And, and there's a, there's a lot of things that are being built on Solana that, are, that it's giving us a signal that Solana is something you need to be invested in. But we're still heavily in speculation. A lot of these blockchains, a lot of these projects out there, you know, they're trying to create create something new. They're trying to recreate something that already exists. Whether you know that whether it's the NFT platforms or or uh, you know sending money and and transacting that way, but there could still be an XYZ chain that comes out and ends up being the winner, you know, and and takes takes all of this away from from Solana and, and other projects. It's just that. This is still speculation time. We're still trying to figure out which blockchains or which projects are going to be the winners in each niche that they're in. So, um, yeah, you just have to diversify yourself. And I think Solana has, um, has shown that, it's, that, that it can be one of those winners as far as that's concerned.
0: We got some very bullish news around Ripple as well, as they were one of only two companies to be officially present at the World Economic Forum. Ripple was one of only two crypto companies to have a booth, Andrew Cashflow. But it looked like you had some additional comments, so I'd love to give you the floor. Do you have any closing statements on this Solana article and the fact that Solana is being, propo- being promoted by so many large financial institutions?
3: Um, what, what I noticed is actually the, 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 the 180% change in social sentiment a couple of weeks ago it was all it was all shit and it was it was nothing and it was bad and Solana and all the developers ran away. And look what's happening now. Everyone says yeah, Solana is a good project, and you know the technology from Solana did not change because of maybe some things happened. So the Solana is still a very good project. I'm also invested in Solana, I'm waiting on the on the on the on the on the way up. I have my exit points so. I like Solana and I like what they are doing. And there are still a ton of developers on, on Solana and developing. And also there are a lot of developers also in other projects. So I wouldn't worry too much. Just be patient and the market will go up as soon as we see that Buren and Solana will easily come with it. And, you know, will it go faster or slower than, than other major coins? I don't know, but I still know Solana is a good project. And that's, that's my belief.
0: And we've got even more optimistic news for the crypto market, Andrew, as some breaking news came out about Tesla's Bitcoin holdings yesterday. We know that back in 2021, of January, Tesla purchased about $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. Only six months later, they dumped about 30% of that onto the market. Today, they are still holding nearly 10,000 Bitcoin. And what this signals to me is they do not think it's an appropriate time to take profit here. Jackie, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. How do you feel about Tesla purchasing 10,000 Bitcoin and holding them all the way through the bear market?
4: Yeah, I mean, this thirty-four million is nothing um, in comparison to the net value of um, of Tesla. You know, they have um, they have a market capitalization of like five hundred billion. So, I think that they were comfortable getting in, um, diversifying. You know, a lot of people thought it was a risky move to diversify. I think at the time it probably was twenty twenty one, but just to get, you know diversify their assets and to kind of get into the market and start um, exploring. I think that that's totally fine. And plus it's not even a dent in, you know, their total asset um, value. So yeah, they're, they're fine. They're top of the chain still. Um, and you will see more accumulation from them in the f- near future.
0: And Gonzo, we got some more bullish news for Tesla as Elon Musk came out yesterday and he said that Tesla will be the most profitable company on the planet Within the next decade, but what catches my attention here is Tesla's obviously only holding Bitcoin. When do you believe we'll see a day where Tesla has a diversified crypto balance sheet?
2: You know, I'm not I'm not sure about that. Maybe when we get more regulation, because they they are a, a publicly traded company, and so they have to follow certain rules. But um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe there was like a new tax law that was passed. And I think it kicked in this year where they're able to write off the loss like that impertinent loss. So it makes sense that they didn't need to sell. Usually they would have to sell to create that loss. But I think they were able to write off the loss when it went down without still selling um, and I think that kicked in this year. So that might've been another reason why.
0: And Donzo, I'll take it right back to you, but just to break down the details of what you said, Tesla recorded $34 million of impairment charges due to the cryptocurrency's declining price An impairment loss is an accounting term used to describe an entity's estimate of the permanent decline in value of a long-term asset. So what they're stating here, and obviously I'm sure they're just using it for tax purposes, but they're stating these losses on Bitcoin are permanent. We're going to write them off on their balance sheet. So, at the end of the day, it's a win-win. Whether it goes up, whether it goes down, Tesla can use those losses and gains to their advantage. Mario and Andrew, I'd like to get some closing statements from you. Mario, why don't we start off with you? They initially purchased 1.5 billion bitcoins in 2021. Sorry, billion dollars worth of Bitcoin in 2021. Today, that's 184 million. But we're seeing Tesla continue to hold. Does that mean anything
1: to you? Well, I mean, we know that Elon Musk is is uh, he believes in blockchain in general. Uh, as far as why they're only holding Bitcoin, I agree with Gonzo. I think it's it's a matter of uh, regulatory clarity, and we know that Bitcoin has regulatory clarity in the United States, and so does Ethereum. But you know, we we'll see about that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think in the future they will definitely hold other assets. Uh, Tesla is a technology company. Elon Musk believe Elon Musk believes in the blockchain technology. Mm-hmm. I believe in the blockchain technology as the evolution of the internet. It is the next phase of the internet as we bring value over. To the internet, so um, yeah, I, I I could totally see that happen
3: in the near future. Let, let, let me give you an, a, an approach from from the from the other way. I'm just looking at the stock of Tesla. Tesla uh, reported earnings today. Of course, we see it here. So, what did the stock price do today? It jumped ten percent because it was a positive earning. It was a positive surprise. So, and and I see a volume, the this, this stock volume going up. So. I mean, is Tesla doing maybe something right? Mm, I think so, yeah. A lot of people tend to, or a lot of the elite people tend to hate Elon Musk because he says the things like they are. And, and that's what they don't like. But still, I mean, I think he has the, the right to speech because he is, he is promising something and he delivers on his promises. So, and that's what we see in the stock price. Fortunately, I bought uh, the stock. Uh, what was it uh, uh, last week? And uh, because I saw something happening, I saw the volume going up. That means that that uh, yeah that that people know what is happening and that that uh, that the earnings report will be positive. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I like it.
0: Gonzo, floor is yours, my friend. I'm going to pull up the stock price while you finish this out here.
2: Yeah, you know um, the Tesla stock was pretty beat up. There, you know, there was a lot of news about the autopilot thing. There was a lot of things that were going on towards the end of last year. And then, like Andrew was saying, um, uh, it was pretty beat up. I, I, don't, I don't do stocks, but um, some of the content creators that I do follow, like were talking about it and it seemed like a, a good time to get in. And I think a lot of people were waiting for like um, the reporting to come out to see how they were doing and it was positive. And so now you get price movement, right? I, I think we're gonna see this just to relate it back to crypto. We saw it first with Gala and then we saw it with Avalanche, right? Whereas when you're deep in a bear market, you get good news and there's no price movement. What we saw with those two projects is we got good news and then we saw price movement. And then we're, we're, so we're now starting to see that there's a correlation there, right? Like we're going to talk about the Polygon story, but Polygon moved this morning. I think when I looked at it, it was up 10, 11% and it was all off on the news. So you're going to start seeing that where you get price movement and then they're reporting good
0: news. Thank you, Gonzo. And let's dive into our Polygon news for today as Polygon is poised for a massive rally after scoring two new partnerships in the future of this market. Now, what's really exciting about Polygon is they're starting to dominate the NFT space And they just signed a deal with Justin Kahn, the former founder of Twitch, enhancing NFTs on their network. We're going to see massive amounts of liquidity flooding into Polygon specifically for their gaming use cases. So Polygon's research has only been growing in Web3, signing deals with some of the largest global brands on the planet. We've got deals with Reddit, Starbucks, Nike, Meta, and even Disney collectibles are being launched on this blockchain. Reddit alone minted 8.5 million collectible avatars on Polygon's blockchain this summer, and that's just the beginning for this network. We got some powerful statements from the co-founder of Polygon stating that 2023 is the year they bring Web3 Gaming to the mass markets, and their partnership with Fractal plans to support 30 Poly-based gamings at launch. This is really exciting because we're going to see triple A games being launched on Polygon, and that's going to lead all of the people who are gamers in this space to flood over to this blockchain. So it's some really exciting news here, Gonzo. You're at the top of my screen. Why don't we start with you? How do you feel about the partnerships we're seeing with Polygon and the fact that that company Disney are all willing to work on this blockchain? Yeah, I mean, this is
2: why we've been talking about Polygon since like, I think it was last year, right, Jackie? I mean, they're an absolute beast. When you look at their business partnerships with Nike, Disney, right? Um, That's just like their business partnerships and what they're building for these like name brands that are huge, right? In the regular world. You look at the tech side, what they're doing, right? with, with uh, I mean, Polygon, if you don't know, is basically like a Swiss army knife. It has multiple ways of scaling Ethereum, right? And the newest is going to be something called ZKEVM, which is uh, Ethereum Virtual mo- Machine Compatible. It's just a really big brand new tech to scale Ethereum, right? And then with this, with this partnership with Fractal, what Fractal is, it's kind of like an NFT platform. What they do is they help developers like build in Web3. So what they're bringing what they're bringing into the Polygon ecosystem is like NFT platforms, um, games, uh, tournaments, uh, different things like that. But like when you look at it, it this is why Polygon has started to become um, almost one of my biggest, um, wh- wh- one of my biggest assets that I have besides like XRP and Ethereum. Um, it's because they they just continue to build and they continue to build. And, and it's just huge. Uh, you know, I, I think that in the next run, like Polygon could eventually be bigger than kind of Ethereum as far as the movement that it makes, right? I almost feel like Polygon is kind of like its own layer one. Even though it's a layer two and it scales Ethereum, the way that they're building out um, in all these different ways is huge.
0: Cash flow. we often say it's not what you know, it's who you know. And the fact that Meta is working on this blockchain tells me that they must have some relationship or some partnerships with the leadership in this company, and another thing that really stood out to me was that Donald Trump actually chose to launch his NFT on Polygon as well. So more insight into the fact that the biggest names on the planet are shifting over to this blockchain. I'd love to hear what
3: that means to you, Andrew. Um, now I would like to explain a little bit because you know I'm I'm, a, I'm I was in my former life I was an, an, an engineer and, a, and an IT architect. And why is everybody so keen on using Matic Polygon? Because it's what Gonzo already says, it, it's scaling. But what is scaling? Scaling means that because if we have seen in the previous run and with the NFT run that Ethereum fees, it was slow and it was high cost. So what is what is Matic doing? They are doing a lot of calculations outside Ethereum blockchain. And then they only publish the results combined of many calculations they publish it on the Ethereum blockchain just to, to let, let it confirm there. And that's, that is that yeah, is a huge win in speed and a huge win in uh, in, uh, in, 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 yeah, in, in the cost that you need to pay for, for each uh, transaction. And that opens on Ethereum because there are also other blockchains that are much, fast, much faster. But a lot of uh, developers like to develop on Ethereum. So put Matic in between there. And then, you see, it opens a whole range of other uh, possibilities, like, like Meta, as you say, and, and, and Nike, and, and all the others. They say, yeah, I like Ethereum, and with Mathematic, Uh, yeah, it, it gives me the possibilities to, to reach that, that speed and to reach that uh, low cost. And, and, you know, and, and we need yeah, a sort of streaming money also in, in gaming applications. And it, everything must be, be faster and faster and yeah, Matic gives a solution for that, and I think there is a bright and and very fine future for Matic, and I agree also with Gonzo, that see what happens in the next bull uh, uh, bull run, and when more and more developers recognize and and companies recognize the value of, uh, of Matic.
0: Thank you, Andrew. And it reminds me of statements we heard earlier this year. What's been so great about the show is we've had the opportunity to have conversations with private developers in the space. And a couple of developers pointed out that with XRP and Ripple in particular, they're focused on growing the cryptocurrency space and they believe that people will use XRP because it's the best product. And I think Polygon has a similar sentiment here. When it comes to a solution for Ethereum, Polygon is the blockchain that seamlessly fixes that problem. And when I look at the price chart during the bear market, Mario, this is one of the best performing assets in the cryptocurrency space. I mean, if you look at the regression we had, we went from two sixty down to $0.40. Cents. That's an 80% pullback. Now, I know for most people that's a massive number, but we just showed you how Solana did a 98% regression during the bear market. So to me, I think it's a great sign that even during the darkest times of our industry, uh, Polygon is holding up pretty well. What does it mean to you, Mario, that during the bear market, Polygon is growing faster than ever?
1: Yeah, it, it is a great sign. And, and you know, this this is the kind of stuff that you have to take a decision on when you're an investor. You have to analyze all these uh, projects and and uh, if you think that they have potential, then you take a chance at it. You don't wait for price action because waiting for price action, as uh, we've just seen, you know, over the past couple of weeks, prices have been shooting up. That's when people are starting to get FOMO. You should have been having that FOMO for buying when the prices were lower. And so that's the kind of the stuff that I'm training myself to be more and more aware of is to really believe in, in the stuff that I'm researching, putting my money where where that, that belief is going into, and then waiting for price action, not really investing based on price action.
0: Jackie, I'm excited to talk about this VeChain article as VeChain is now working with the United Nations on a solution for carbon credits. We got 245 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And Jackie, I'd love for you to close out this conversation. We know that you were a user of the Stepin' NFT, which is built on Solana, but how do you feel about all these different projects that are being built on Matic? And the fact that the largest companies in the world are willing to work with
4: this blockchain. My, I will forever go in history for using that app. Um, I still use that app. I am a firm believer. is laughing at me. I am a firm believer, and I always have been in Solana. Just, I mean, like I said, I'm not a techie person, but there's a there's a bunch of money that went into Solana, and it's still sticking around, and so. So that's why I stuck on there. But if I'm being honest, um, I am much more bullish on Polygon uh, just because of the partnerships that they have, um, and the actual utility. And they are built on Ethereum. Ethereum is number one um, as far as DApps and um, smart contracts go. So, and it has you know the leading tech for right now. So I am hugely bullish on Polygon. Um, I think that, and I did want to kind of make a quick comment on that. Um, you know, I'm all about niches when it comes to bull runs. I think that. We see this all. We've seen this um, in the past. You know, we have these waves of of cryptocurrencies that go up based upon their niche. We saw that with the gaming. We saw that with metaverse. um, And you know, you see that with layer ones. We saw that with layer ones um, over you know 2020 and 2021. Um, I think. Layer twos will have their shine this next bull run for sure, uh, just because of all the fixes that they will make to layer ones. So this is one to definitely keep your eye on.
0: Thank you, Jackie. And one of the best performing price or one of the best performing cryptocurrency projects during this bear market has been quant networks. And we're showing a price chart right now, exactly how strong of a trend line of support that has. We got some groundbreaking news as just this week, Lackchain has announced officially in the last two to three days we've gone from seven operating nodes on quad network up to 20 nodes now the reason this is so important is because it took almost a year to get from six to seven nodes but all of a sudden in just two to three days we've jumped from seven to 20 operating nodes on the network and to me personally that tells me that we're seeing some type of institutional adoption that's yet to be utilized now Really quickly, there's not too much meat and potatoes in this article besides that detail. There, Mario, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. What do you believe the reason is behind this growth? And should we take into account that the validator the validators tripled in only two days?
1: Yeah, I think that's a sign that the node defender has been accumulating some nodes. But <laughs> jokes aside, you know, it's definitely a sign of growth. You know, the 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 only reason I, I would see you know people or the node infrastructure increasing is whether it's demand. You know, if there's demand, then the node infrastructure needs to increase or there's interest that that justifies that that node infrastructure to increase so it's definitely a good sign exactly what it means down you know uh i will find out for sure but but it's definitely a good sign
0: jackie and one of the things that's exciting about the quant price chart this rsi is very very high so we should could see a short-term regression back to about a hundred dollars But this bullish momentum, you can't deny it. We've got an inverse head and shoulders here. And we're clearly heading back up to this yellow line, which is just below $400. So we can argue about how long it would take to get there. But I think what's very exciting is this project. It's undeniably successful and it's undeniable that quant's getting real-world adoption. I'd love for you to just give some comments. What do you think about the RSI being high? For anybody who doesn't know you do charts, what does that mean to you?
4: Yeah, um, we could have a chance for a regression and possible accumulation. Um, but I will say when it comes to something like this with the tokenomics of quant, um, anything, anything in these lower numbers, um, I think is a good, good time for a buy. Um, I, you know, it's so hard to talk about that if someone's not super into charts, uh, because you know, the whole market is up a little bit from our bottoms. Um, but you know, if you're someone who's you're never going to catch the absolute bottom. I absolutely love Billy. Shout out to Billy. Um, I'm actually in his day trading course right now. And he always says that you're never going to catch the absolute bottom. You're never going to catch the top. So if if we're kind of in accumulation zone, you have to pick your ranges. Um, and even though we have gone up in the market, you know, to continue to accumulate at this time, uh, in my opinion, for something like Quant that has the tokenomics that it does, um, it has a cap supply. I would... You know, that's one that I would be willing to take the risk on um, within these ranges even now. Um, Definitely, I'm saying um all the time. I'm so sorry. But we could have a regression based upon the RSI. So if you're someone who's super into charting, uh, you can be wary of that.
0: Thank you, Jack. And I didn't even notice you were saying um, but we got 251 live listeners. Check out this groundbreaking news as the World Economic Forum came out this week and said digital assets heads expect real world blockchain adoption in 2023 while at the exact same time, we've got a really dangerous agenda growing as China is blaming America for crippling other nations with debt. Now, the reason this is so important is because we just passed our debt ceiling at $31.5 trillion. Now, what this means is the U.S. Treasury Department is being put in a situation where they need to respond. And Janet Yellen, who leads the U.S. Treasury Department, said that they're going to issue a debt suspension beginning January 19th all the way until June 5th. Now, the reason we're leading that up is because I wanted to play this video we found yesterday talking about the typical situations that happen when there's a debt reset and what America's facing today. So we're gonna play this short video and go back to the group. Here we go.
2: The size of your debt problem is so big that it can't be paid off. And in fact, even inflation, which is the usual way you would seek to default on your debt slowly over
4: time, you can't get enough inflation generated. Then there is one further option. And that is you literally abandon the entire system of money and accounting. And I know that sounds unbelievably radical, but we've seen it happen before. And I explained the example of Britain in 1834, when they abandoned the traditional system they'd used for a thousand years at that time, which was called the tally stick system. Anyway, bottom line was, why would you abandon a system that's worked perfectly
2: beautifully for a thousand years? And the answer is, it had 200 years of war debts that have accumulated and were unable to get inflation up enough without causing social unrest. And so the government said, hey, let's let's actually take the tally sticks back and give people this great new innovation called paper money that we're on the brink.
0: So the scam that never ends is fiat currency, Andrew Cashflow. And for the first time ever, I think this lady speaks faster than me. So that was pretty interesting. Hard to keep up with her there. But I want to get some of your thoughts what do you think about the possible scenarios for a debt restructuring and what that can mean for crypto? Obviously, the world is getting to a point where we need to react and the, what the Fed's doing now is not working. What do you think, Andrew Cashflow? Is there anything that you can apply from prior experience to show us what's
3: coming? No, uh, at least when uh, I'm not that long alive that, that I, I I experienced the, the, the debt restructuring from from, uh, from Great Britain uh, that was there for a thousand years. So I wasn't there. However, I can explain you why is all this debt happened. That is because there was a deal between the U.S. after the 70s. There was a deal between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia that they say, okay, all the oil needs to be uh, paid in dollars. So everybody who wants to buy oil first has to l- take a loan at the U.S., then you get dollars, and then you can buy your oil, and you have to pay it back to the U.S. So this. This whole system exploded. And uh, yeah, now you see, it. It, it, it we, we already see it coming for years. So what does it mean for crypto? As um, Robert Kiyosaki always says, you have to go in situations like this in asset that a government or central bank cannot print, which is gold, silver, real estate and crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum and other cryptos. So I think that is your hedge against what is happening at the moment. Will we are we heading a, a a yeah a dark period? Yeah, we, I think we will go in a pretty uh, severe uh, uh, recession. However, you know, people are. I'm always optimistic. People are really creative in finding out new solutions to to come out uh, out of things. And the the, the the sitting elite and the sitting governments and the sitting. Uh, 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 the central banks yeah they are facing a hard time not because the, their biggest fear is they will lose their control over the money and if you lose the control over the money you lose the control over the people so it's, it's really interesting time that uh, which is uh, ahead of us
0: thank you andrew and i want to get into this news here as ripple has just released a new report on central bank digital currencies But at the exact same time, Ripple is going to be hosting a conference focused on the digital pound. And the title is, what is the digital pound really used for? So this is going to be hosted on January 26, 2023. And one of the main things that they're going to be discussing is how the digital pound would make a concrete difference in adding value to the way our financial system operates today. And it's really exciting to see Ripple taking the initiative and developing a solution for the digital pound. Mario, I'd like to get some brief comments from you, and then we'll dive into our VeChain news. What do you think about Ripple leading this conference and the fact that they're taking initiative and starting the CBDC narrative?
1: Yeah, I mean, we know that this is happening with with as far as Ripple working with CBDCs and stuff. We know that unfortunately CBDCs are not necessarily a good thing, Um, quite the opposite. Uh, What is a digital pound really used for? Well, it's programmable money. We say it all the time here on the show. It's it's going to be programmed to get uh, people even more Uh, controlled as as andrew just explained you know they they don't want to take they don't want to give power to the people so this is not for the people (laughs) this is essentially going to give them more control it's going to allow them to to um pump the economy way faster than than what they can currently do with with cash and so that's a move in that direction now the really big um problem here is the involvement that ripple has with all of this you know it we love Ripple, we love XRP, and 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 we know what it stands for and we know how much it can change the world. But in reality is that these CBDCs are used for not such a good thing. But, you know, if we can if we can at least have our eyes open, be aware of it and and make decisions that impact our lives positively, then I think that's the way we need to look at it, not necessarily from a negative standpoint.
0: Thank you, Gonzo, and I'd like to get some comments from you as well. But before we do, we are going to play a video from the Managing Director at Ripple talking about how the largest initiatives in 2023, well, they could change the world forever.
5: ...noise over the last couple of years. What does 2023 look like for the organization and, and the uptake of XRP and Ripple in general? Sure. Well, we're excited about 2023. Um, you know, We'll continue to hire, but selectively. We're not naive to the fact that the macro environment is continued to be challenged. Uh, we'll continue to focus internationally. We've been doing that for some time. Uh, Brad, all of us are out there talking about that piece of it, so the international bill will continue. We need to get our core business right and continue to grow that dramatically, and then focus, as I mentioned, on other important issues like CBDCs, carbon credits, um, and make sure that we don't get too distracted with too many new exciting things that would take away from kind of proving the the use case of the big business. So, uh, But it's a great way to start the year. It's the 19th of January today. Uh, We were here at another conference last week in Switzerland, uh, Davos this week. It feels like we're out of the gate strong with the agenda. Our teams are building um, and excited. And so I feel great about how the years kicked off, despite the noise and macro and obviously very challenging environment.
0: Carbicots and central bank digital are the main narratives of 2023. And although they are nefarious narratives, as the mainstream media likes to say, they are narratives that we can use to our advantage. Gonzo. And the fact that the people at chat know this is, what they're, doing, they're the unique people who are not going to be caught off guard when people do start talking about carbon credits and how the world is heating up faster than ever. So I'd like to get some of your thoughts, Gonzo. How do you think about Ripple taking initiative and in promoting CBDCs as well as carbon credits with the largest banking institutions on the planet?
2: Yeah. You know, like Mario was saying, like, you know, we're, and we talked about it yesterday on the show with David, you know, we're not proponents of CBDCs, but we are invested in, in XRP. Right. And some of us are invested in Ripple, right. Um, the actual company in the pre IPO through link to, and so for Ripple, I, I think it's going to be a big year, right. I think we're going to get resolution of the um, of the lawsuit, which is going to be a good thing. And then you could see right now, when we talk about different investment narratives, they're telling you right there, carbon credits and CBDCs, right? Carbon credits on the XRPL. So anything to do with carbon credits or green or the environment, for me personally, those are the things that I'm looking into to invest to take us into the next bull run because it's going to be a huge narrative, right? And I think it's going to be a big year for Ripple. Not only that, but if you break down um, uh, um, XRP in uh, Gematria, it's the 23 and we're in the 23 year. There's a lot that goes into the Gematria, but I think it's going to be a big year for for
0: XRP and for Ripple. Jackie, an interesting quote that stuck out to me within this article was that in May of 2022, he said you could go, you could not walk down the street of the promenade without being offered a Bitcoin pizza. What that tells me is that in 2025, we're going to see the same case scenario on steroids. They're going to bring all of the retail investors into this market only to rug pull them and drive them into central bank digital currencies, or at least that's what we believe. What do you think about his quotes here that in just a year ago, you couldn't walk down the street without being promoted Bitcoin pizza. Now, nobody will even mention the asset.
4: Right. Everyone was on that story. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it holds to be true thus far, you know, the four-year cycles, uh, you know, the the predictions of tops. Weren't exactly correct, but the cycles still remain true, and so I think I think that that could be accurate in 2025 for sure. Um, again, a lot of people pose the case of we've never seen this type of um, inflation as far as money printing um, before, but I do I do have the feeling that we will see a similar case as that we've seen um, you know in the past with the with the four year cycles of of Bitcoin and the rest of the market. I do feel that we will get that run up for sure. Um yeah guys this is this is exciting. I really I'm I'm excited for the stuff that Ripples doing. Um I know this is kind of going back into that um you know after attending their conference uh I want to kind of bounce off of what Gonzo said about CBDCs um carbon footprints and then also sustainability. That's going to be another big narrative. Those those are going to be keywords um with a lot of blockchain solutions coming up um, and you pulled up the article with VeChain. We're going to see some of that there in that article too. So keep, keep an eye out for those words. Thank you, Jackie. And
0: we're going to dive into this article right now as VeChain teams up with the nations to fight a key 17 areas of advanced sustainability for digital ecosystems. Now, really quickly, just to break down what they're going to be working to provide and, and fight, poverty, hunger, health, education, clean water, sanitation, clean energy, and the list goes on and on. But one of the things I realized within this article is that VChain is focused on a sustainable solution for carbon credits, and we could see a global adoption specifically in European nations and Asian markets from VChain. So I'd really just like to give everyone the open floor here. The United Nations is publicly now working with VChain. What does that mean to you? Let's start off with Mario.
1: Sorry, I was looking for the mute button. Yeah, I think so this is a this is a way that these blockchains can can conquer is by partnering with the governments partnering with with the agendas. We see Ripple is doing exactly that. You know, they're they're complying with the green agenda, they're complying with the CBC CBDC agenda and Vchain is trying to go the, the same route. You know, the more that they can comply and work with the governments, the more successful they um, they could potentially be. Now Vchain has a really good technology which has a really um, Which uh, which which there's a need for in the market, you know, people that are in the supply chain, they understand the benefit that there is to what VeChain is building. So not trying to say that there's no benefit there without the governments, but I really see I really think that um, this could put VeChain in a better position than they have been by by trying to work with the governments and trying to work with uh, with the agendas. Thank you, guys. And Gonzo, I'd love to give you the floor as well. 234 live listeners joining
0: us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're giving you a little insight into how the world is going to focus on carbon credits. And VeChain could be one of the most important companies going forward, Gonzo. VeChain's roadmap for 2023 and early 2024 will continue to focus on implementing sustainability-focused improvements. And that, of course, is indirectly referring to carbon credit. What does that mean to you, Gonzo?
2: Yeah, you know, regardless of how you feel about the United Nations, because I know sometimes people love it, they hate it, whatever that is, you got to look at it just like as an investment thesis, right? And what Mario's saying is spot on. VeChain partnering with a government entity like the United Nations is good for the overall ecosystem of VeChain. And that translates to kind of price action to why we're investing, right? We believe that this blockchain is going to have value in the future and how do you bring value to it by building it out and the partnerships that it's building so i I think it's a good thing i mean they they had recently i think over a few months ago kind of revamped their um their uh roadmap and they talked a lot about like uh, building the rebuilding like not rebuilding but expanding the platform when it comes to nfts and some of the other things that the other blockchains are doing and this i think is just part of it I, i mean if you think about it what they're doing is they're just making things more efficient, right, through their blockchain. Um, I know is really big into supply management, but it kind of carries over into other niches, but it just makes it more efficient and then it just brings value.
0: What's interesting is that everybody talks about ISO compliant tokens and VeChain is obviously not one of the tokens that's typically mentioned, but they've got some of the largest partnerships on the planet with Google, IBM, we've seen Boeing and Amazon Web Services, even Walmart has been connected to VeChain. So it's not a huge surprise to me that the United Nations is teaming up with this blockchain in particular to fight a lot of the issues that are going on today. Now, I know last week in Davos, we got some interesting news from Ripple around CBDCs, but we can take this several different directions because this market is clearly underregulated at the time, and we can't launch a central bank digital currency until this market is appropriately regulated. Jackie, I know we got some exciting news for the end of the show, but I wanted to show our listeners this. This is some groundbreaking news from this morning. An iceberg the size of London has just broken off an Antarctic ice shelf this is pretty interesting. I'd never seen anything like this before, so I wanted to show our listeners. Andrew Cashlo, is this any reason to be concerned? What is going on here? An iceberg the size of London is now floating in the Pacific. <laughs>
3: yeah, you know, the Netherlands stands for lowlands, so we have a lot of dikes. And I think uh, we should not do so much work for for lowering carbon. I think we should increase our dikes and 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 make them higher. So yeah, it is yeah, the, the 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 amount of water and the sea uh, the sea level will, will rise in the future. But I want to come back on one thing for 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 VChain. I mean, VChain is uh, yeah is actually a system for tamper-proof records of origin, movement, and authenticity. But there is also another coin also in that ecosystem that is VTor, VTHO. And let me tell you a little secret about Vitor. So what you can do, you can uh, put your V chain on staking. Just get, uh, take an, uh, an Exodus wallet, move your V chain into the Exodus wallet, and put it on staking and earn uh, VTHO coins. And VTHO is is, uh, is then used for uh, yeah, multi participant transactions, multiple task transactions, smart contracts to pay. Actually, VET is meant for moving value back and forth for the, for participants and the vtho that's, that's used to pay for the for the for the smart contracts and that kind of stuff so but you can easily earn money with uh, with, with if you hold some VET. i would highly recommend put it on, on staking it only gives about one percent per year but you know it's better than nothing and i'm andrew Cashflow, so show i need to tell you about it Thank you, Andrew Castle.
0: And Jackie, I'd love to give you a uh, chance to just close out on this segment. We are showing the X-Royalty NFT, which we launched last week. Massive success. Love to give you the floor just to break down some details.
4: Thank you, Abs. Um, I got to say first, my my boys, Andrew and Billy, are killing it um, within Mighty Networks, within the 3T Academy um, with their courses. So thank you so much to them. Um, okay. X royalty guys, uh, we are taking a snapshot on February 1st. So this is the official NFT of the three T warrior Academy. Um, we have been talking about this nonstop just because we are so excited, um, to expand our, our Academy, um, to, to the rest of the world. And so expand what we're doing. Uh, we hold conferences, we hold retreats, we, have access to um, our team members. Uh, we have so much going on within the 3T Academy as far as mindset, uh, generational wealth building, um, trading, cash flow, like Andrew talked about. He has his own course, Billy has a day trading course. Um, so, so much going on, guys. We have links with Merlin and Link2 and all these things. So, to be able to, you know, kind of get access to those types of things, um, look, take a look into this NFT project, but I do want to say we are for people that have already bought. Um, we are taking a snapshot on February 1st. Um, and this will begin the rollout of our utility. So you can take a look at the light paper to, um, understand, you know, some of the utility that we offer through this NFT, um, all specific to the 3T Academy. And then, um, After we right after we take that snapshot, we will be collecting the information um, to be able to do our first raffle drawing for our in-person conference. So our in-person conference will be April. I am not going to tell you the specific date because that has not been announced yet, but I know Coach JV has talked about April. So April, guys, um, you have the opportunity to be able to attend that conference um, through getting one of these NFTs. There are not a lot of spots. So I did want to, you know, kind of vocalize that here. If you are interested in attending that conference, there are not a lot of spots. These are kind of intimate, um, events that we host in person. So to be able to guarantee, um, not guarantee, but have, you know, a chance at at coming to one of those, you will need to be in this project because it will not, I, I don't believe it will make it to the public, um, so make sure that you get one of those again, go to xroyalty.io um, and then it will take you to purchase on xrp.cafe. So Jackie, for- if they, if they still buy one, but they don't win the drawing, they still get access
2: to online, right. To see the conference.
4: Yes. Yes. Yeah. If you are an owner of the NFT, you will have access to our annual virtual conference. Um, so, so yeah, nobody, nobody in the public will have access to that. That is only only available to people that own the nft. So if you aren't able to come to the in-person conference, you will have access virtually.
0: Thank you guys and we're going to close this episode out with a pretty cool video from our friend Mark Yusko talking about what we could expect in the next few months from Bitcoin. All
5: right, now, all right which will happen first, Bitcoin to 24k or Bitcoin to 20k? Wow, this is pretty split. Interesting. A thousand votes on this one too. So, interesting that we see market I think I think a lot of people are still in the phase of do they believe this run? How long will this liquidity scenario hold on? And two, is, are we in a bit of a bull? And as we've talked about here today, in a situation where we're getting a short squeeze started to play into this so Definitely some good ones. Um, Look, Mark, it's always- To to that point, Paul, i just answer the the poll. Yeah. It's highly logical, highly logical to say uh, we're so overbought because of this short squeeze that we, we have to have a retracement and 20 is, is likely, all right? But but the point there is that's probably the right um, channel is we've broken out of that 15 to 18 channel and now we're right. in a 20 to 24 channel. And eventually yeah. we're gonna break out of the 20 to 24 channel. Then we'll be on yeah. a 26, to 32 channel Right. And by summertime, we could easily, easily, you know, be in the 40s and 50s again. And people said, oh, my God, I missed it. I yeah. know it's just getting started at that point.
0: Yeah, And I thought that'd be a great way to end the episode today. We're going to close it out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Mario. Thank you to Andrew. Thank you to Gonzo. And thank you to Jackie, the crypto juggernaut. Please show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, stop. Ah, Get to get together, baby. Thanks for joining. Let's go.